in Mark chapter 14, Jesus says, we will always have the poor with us. Good morning, Christian America. That statement shocked some of Jesus's followers at the time. And that statement still resounds to this day by the way it's been interpreted ever since. Let's get into the word of God today. Let's get into your Bibles and discuss this passage. Good morning, Christian America. And good morning, Christian America. Eddie here is always representing the Christian American revitalization effort where we seek to revitalize the Christian faith in our nation. Today, we're going to get into the word of God. We're going to start in, uh, in the gospel of Mark chapter 14 at, in verse one. But before we do that, uh, we want to remind you that if you like this video, if you like content like this, if this gets you inspired to get into the word of God, if this inspires you to uh, take the message of Christ to the world, to your friends, to your family, to those around you, um, which is a good thing. We ask that you subscribe to this podcast. You, you like and subscribe to this YouTube channel, this podcast, wherever you're listening to it, and follow us on all the social media platforms. Today, we're going we're gonna to talk about the gospel of Mark, right, uh, chapter 14, right in the beginning. Uh, if you follow this podcast, you follow our journey through the gospel of Mark, you understand where we're coming to. Jesus is essentially towards the end of his earthly ministry, um, and he's He's, he's making his way to Jerusalem. He's making his way to the pat, to, to his passion. He's making his way to the cross. Um, and one of the last nights that he has in, in human form on this earth, he comes across a woman who anoints him with expensive oil. And that causes some consternation amongst his followers. It's not very dissimilar meaning it's pretty similar to conversations that we have to this day on the poor and what we should be doing with our blessings and what with our um, riches, if you got them, or uh, conveniences, if you have them, what we should be doing with these things that maybe we have accumulated or thanks to the grace of God that we have accumulated, where we should put our heart and our mind, let's Get into the word, read uh, and see and hear exactly what Jesus says, and then we'll discuss it on the back end. So I'm going to share this with you really quick. Mark chapter 14 says that the Passover and the Feast of Unleavened Bread were to take place in two days time. So the chief priests and the scribes were seeking a way to arrest him by treachery and put him to death. They said, not during the festival, for fear that there may be a riot among the people. He was in Bethany, reclining at, at a table in the house of Simon, a leper. A woman with an alabaster jar of perfumed oil, costly, genuine spikenard. She broke the alabaster jar and poured it on his head. There were some who were indignant. Why has there been a waste of this perfumed oil? It could have been sold for more than 300 days wages and the money given to the poor. They were infuriated with her. But Jesus said, let her alone. Why do you make trouble for her? She has done a good thing for me. The poor you will always have with you. And whenever you wish, you can do good for them. 
but you will not always have me. She has done what she could. She has anticipated anointing my body for, for burial. Amen, I say to you, wherever the gospel is proclaimed, the whole world, wherever the gospel is proclaimed to the whole world, what she has done will be told in memory of her. Few things going through this passage. First and foremost, the treachery of religious leaders against someone who is taking a different stance, someone who is knowledgeable and who has authority, the earthly leaders, the earthly gatekeepers conspire against the one who is telling the truth. Very similar to our day when our leaders in our churches, our leaders in our government, our leaders in a lot of organizations, they rally around one another and they try to keep anyone with better ideas, anyone with more authority, anyone that is doing something good, something righteous, that they aren't doing, they become jealous and they rally around and they betray and they have treacherous actions and thoughts. This jealousy uh, eventually is what leads to Jesus's crucifixion, first and foremost, onto the, the woman with the alabaster jar. Here they are, a few notable things. Jesus reclining at table with a leper. Someone who has been outcast from society, Jesus sits with them. Similarly, in the past, we read that he sits with uh, tax collectors and sinners and tells them that he's there for them, that he's there to convert the sinners. He doesn't sin with them. He doesn't do take in part any bad deeds with them. He's there to set an example. He's there to meet them where they're at. He's there to bring the truth to them so that once they hear it, hopefully they turn from their sinful ways and follow him. Different ways uh, that those passages have been interpreted different ways for people's own agendas. And what we try to do here is not do that. Third thing, to the crux of the issue, the woman who has a, an expensive jar of perfume. Now, we don't know if she's already wealthy. You don't know if she's poor. The assumption is probably somewhere in between. Either, either way, she's ha she has this perfumed alabaster jar. And instead of selling it for herself, instead of making money off of it, she breaks it open and she starts to anoint Jesus. She starts to, to, to rub this perfumed oil on him. So one person recognizing who Jesus is, recognizing his importance, paying homage to him, worshiping him in the way that she sees it necessary, causes indignation from the other people around. And they're just not random people. These are people who are around Jesus. These are Jesus's followers. These are the people that are following him from town to town, from Capernaum to, uh, to Bethany to Jerusalem. They're the ones that are indignant of this strange woman 
who we don't know, who now wasted this expensive perfume to put it on Jesus. You have to think to yourself, is it just jealousy? Is it just jealousy that she has this perfume or that she paid this homage in front of all of these people who have been following her? Maybe these people who have given up everything that they have in order to follow Jesus, which is a good thing. But when they see a woman who maybe hasn't done this, hasn't given up, well, obviously hasn't given up everything because she has this expensive perfumed bottle. So she comes in late, late, and pays this homage to Jesus, does this good thing. And that's not me saying it's a good thing. It's Jesus says, she has done a good thing for me. Is it jealousy that these followers are watching this take place, watching this unfold and become indignant at her? Is that the reason why? Because we can all fall into these traps. We can all fall into the trap of jealousy. When we think that we've put in the work, put in the work and watch someone else receive praise. Jesus gives us a parable about the day workers well before this, about the day workers who work from nine o'clock in the morning and they work all day in the field, but yet there are some people that come at two o'clock, three o'clock, four o'clock in the afternoon. They only work a few hours and everybody gets the same wages. And the ones who worked early are grumbling about it. And Jesus gives a lesson to that. So if you, if you want to dig a little bit deeper into that parable, very similar to what's taking place right here, very similar to what takes place within our churches, people who have been going to church for years, who go every Sunday, who volunteer, who take part in their community and in the church, they can sometimes feel a sense of entitlement and maybe indignant uh, and indignance towards other people who are new Christians, new to the faith that are trying to find their way. And they can have the same sort of jealousy and attitude uh, of righteous indignation towards the newcomers. This is a warning. It's a prelude to the things that we have to experience today. Very, very similar. But then Jesus says something pretty, pretty radical. When they're furious at this woman, and these followers are furious at this one. They're indignant. Why have you done this? You could sold this for 300 days wages. Imagine 300 days worth of wages, how, how expensive that is. You could have sold that for 300 days wages and given it to the poor. And Jesus says, you will always have the poor with us. You will always have the poor with you. So the, the, the idea that somehow we're going to, at one point in our society, ever be on an even financial playing field, for instance. Jesus is saying, you're always going to have poor people. And it kind of makes sense. In, every, in, in, in everything that you do, in every aspect, there's a hierarchy of people who have a bunch of it and a bunch of people who have very little of it, whether it's height, whether it's talent, whether it's money, whether it's, uh, whether it's anything intelligence, 
uh, hard work ethic, you, you name it. There's some people that are just really good at things. And there's some people that just aren't there. Most people aren't. Most of us though are in the middle somewhere. So that kind of makes sense. But that statement has been used by people who um, preach prosperity and to say, look, Jesus says, we're always going to have poor people. So you need to accumulate and God will provide, right? We've, we know these messages because you hear these messages, messages that are not untrue per se, but they are uh, partly true, but they're only partly true. They're not everything. Jesus doesn't make everything about wealth and wealth accumulation and the prosperity of following God and how he can and will lead us to an abundant life because the word abundant can be used in a variety of ways. What is abundant to you is not abundant to me. What is uh, uh, prosperous to you is not prosperous to me. And it's, and what we have is not prosperous to someone else. So these things can be twisted to fit agendas, but Jesus says, you are always going to have the poor with you, but what's the most important thing here? The most important thing is that if you're going to have this accumulated wealth, if you're going to have this perfume, that's worth 300 days wages, it's most important to think about God. It's most important that what she does is she anoints Jesus with it. You also go, this is also a, 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 in parallel to Jesus's future conversation. Actually, no, I take this back. He's already had this conversation about paying taxes. And his response to should we or should we not pay taxes to Caesar is to show me the coin whose picture is this it is Caesar's picture on the coin. Give to Caesar what is Caesar, but give to God what is God's. Here, this woman is taking these blessings that she has she has accumulated over her time. That she, I would assume, and we can. This is an assumption that we assume she gives credit where credit is due. That God has blessed her with the wealth to be able to either purchase this, or God has blessed her with someone who has gifted her this expensive perfume, but rather than take it for herself and to spend it on something elaborate for herself or make her anoint herself with this expensive perfume, what she does is she gives it to God. Give to Caesar what is Caesar, give to God what is God. Give the world to what is the world's, but give to God what is God's. And so don't let this one passage, the poor will always be with us, influence your decision or influence your faith into following the prosperity-only gospel. People say prosperity gospel. I would say the prosperity-only gospel because there are points in times where Jesus talks about how following him will give you an abundant life and whatever that means to you. It's when you make those one liners, like the poor will always be with you, everything, and then build your faith around that is when we come in, is when we come to a problem. And so hopefully you take something from this passage. Hopefully you take something from this message. Again, um, if you like what we're trying to do here, if you support what we're trying to do here, subscribe to this podcast, hit the bell for notifications, follow us uh, and subscribe to this YouTube channel. Um, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Parler, uh, on Getter now also. Uh, so 
nearly all the social media platforms, at least all the ones that we can keep up with, continue to like and engage on our social media pages. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, until Monday, you guys stay on fire for Christ. Stay blessed. Good morning, Christian America.